this podcast may contain spoilers from whatever TV show or movie is mentioned. Please listen at your own discretion. Welcome to viewers and audience. What's going on? I am Scoots Bronson. And I am S. Foster, man. And this is the Viewers Anonymous podcast. Welcome, everybody. What's going on with you, bro? Ah, man, just just fucking maintaining, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, You know, for the people, you know, I've never really said what was necessarily going on. You know what I'm saying? But, like, this is kind of – I mean, I'm not a doctor or anything. I mean, right. it's, it's related, but it's not related, but I don't know for sure. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But, um, <clears throat> but you know, I was speaking. I might have mentioned it once or twice on the pod, you know what I'm saying, that I haven't had my co-host on the um, – stolen time with me, you know, for right. – the last podcast he was able to do was February 24th. It was uh, episode 202. Mm-hmm. And <clears> – <throat> And I never said what was really going on, but uh, basically, you know what I'm saying? I'm just going to share with the podcast world, you know what I'm saying? I, uh, I lost my aunt, you know what I'm saying, uh, to a heart attack this past Saturday um, back on the 5th. So, you know, just been trying to get myself together, man, you know, mentally and shit, because like. He was my he was my mental scapegoat, you know what I'm saying? Like, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? I put I put a post up about him and I was just like, yo, like I lost I was like, I lost my uncle, I lost my best friend, I lost my therapist, I lost my co-host. I was just like, because you know, he was the guy that I could find everything with. But then yeah. not only that, like out of everybody in my life, dude, like he was the one dude that understood me, like through in and throughout, like Cause I've always considered myself kind of like the black sheep of the family. Mm-hmm. Like he was the one person, you know what I'm saying? That really, really, really understood me, man. Right. So, you know, it, it's been, it's been tough, man. Like I had to, uh, I had to run, um, my dad's girlfriend up to the, up to the hospital to get my aunt's car mm-hmm. of the day. <clears throat> and it was just like, dude, like, you know, I lived in grid pretty much my whole life, and it was just like, yo, I know where the hospital is. I've been to the hospital a thousand times. Yeah. You know, I couldn't even get my brain together to even get yeah. there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I was so I was so flustered and everything. But at the end of the day, Uncle Washington loved podcasters. Yes. You know what I'm saying? He yes. loved it. He loved it with a passion. And I know it sounds cliche. I know it sounds cliche, but I know he wouldn't want it any other way but for me to keep pie. You right. know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, as of this episode today, uh, I got something lined up for later. But as of this one today, if you was anonymous, man, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to dedicate this podcast, you know what I'm saying, to Uncle Washington. You know what I'm saying? Rest mm-hmm. in peace. I love my guy. I miss him already. Mm-hmm. But, you know what I'm saying? So that's what I've been going through, you know, except for the past couple of days. But but how you been though, man? Uh man, I I've been on a uh, a roller coaster. Um I'm going through some some personal issues right now, but you hit me up on Saturday and uh you know what I'm saying, we talked in for 
a little sparse minute and then you gave me the news, man, and that that it sat with me all day. You know what I'm saying? It's that's a that's a that's a tough one, bro. That's a real tough one. Um I I don't you know, so I never got a chance to meet him face to face, but the few times that I've had the opportunity to jump on the podcast and talk with him and uh you know and and you know be a guest it's it's always been um it's always been a a great moment for me you know what i'm saying like i i tell you all the time and you know what i'm saying i i continue to let this be known but i always told you that that podcast was going to be dope because you know what i'm saying you had his wisdom and then you know what i'm saying you had your wisdom as well and it was a mix between <clears throat> the older generation and the younger generation. And I felt like that clash that y'all had, well, it wasn't necessarily a clash, but I'm going to just use that for lack of a better term. But um, that clash that y'all had was so dope because the conversations, you know what I'm saying, were endless. They could have went anywhere and they could have, you know, they, they could have led to anything. But, the you know, the fact that um, I had the opportunity to talk to him and the fact that, you know, we had the opportunity to, you know, go back and forth on some things or, you know, saying even agree with some things was an, uh, it was an amazing experience for me. And one thing that always stuck with me was the first time I did the pod when it was all three of us. And um, I think I was, I remember I was sitting at the laundromat because my uh, washing dryer had just went out. So I was sitting at the laundromat and I was on the phone and my my family that's in there sitting down or whatever. I'm in the car and I'm doing the, you know, so I'm doing the guest spot on the phone or whatever. We going back and forth. And then when he uh, we was done, he said, man, you know, what I'm saying uh, he told me that. Uh, he told me that he was happy to meet me. And, you know, what I'm saying he said that he was looking forward to talking with me again. And then um, at the uh, at the end of the pod after I had went back and re-listened to it, he he just talked about how um uh how intelligent I was. And then that just that brightened up my day because it's it's always dope to hear, you know what I'm saying, somebody, you know what I'm saying, that's your OG be able to talk to you and and give you that kind of praise. And it's that's one of the things for me personally that I love the most is the, you know what I'm saying, hear older black men be proud to you know, talk to me and have conversations with me because, you know, it just let me know that I'm doing something right in order for them to, you know, saying appreciate, you know, the, the the verbiage we uh cast back and forth. So um yeah, man, for, for me as well, this is definitely dedicated to Uncle Washington. Um rest easy, rest well, you know, and can't wait to see him again, man. <clears throat> yeah, man, it was Tough loss, man. And yeah. but you know, but like I was telling you earlier, man, like you know, his voice is gonna live forever, man. Cause we was able to get a lot of podcasts in. Yeah, you know what I'm saying over. I mean, cause he wasn't, he didn't do all of them, but I know he he had to do at least like 180 episodes. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So it was yeah. it's great to be able to have his voice to go back and listen to it and mm-hmm. have his wisdom not just for me but for the world, man. And I noticed that uh, I went on and you know I try not to look as much, but you know 
went and looked, and you know the the numbers are going up, man. And it's a lot of older episodes, There's so no. I think There's that no. it's just the fact that people can <laughs> always go back and you know hear mm-hmm. him and the wisdom that he gave, the stories that he told. He always had like great Dope stories, stories. Dope. especially so, when he went to the tales from New York. Uh, yeah. Oh was, man, yeah. <laughs> that Those was seconds, good stuff. Man. That was yeah. good stuff. Yeah. Yes. So it's that. That's the one silver lining. It's just the fact that I, I can always go back and listen to those old episodes, and you know, like I know that I, I don't know how much he listens, but I know his uh, son uh, Douglas. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he uh, follows my. Uh, well, he's he's on the he's on the Views Anonymous group too. Okay. Um, but you know he follows, and you know he would listen and and things like that. So, uh, I actually got to do uh, a eulogy. So, mm-hmm. I'm just getting <clears throat> thoughts prepared of what I want to say and just how long I want to do how how much comedic I want to make it because he was just one of those guys like Washington. Oh, yeah, but, yeah. He he loved to have fun, but at the same time, like he was he. he ah, he <laughs> was wild though. Yeah, man. <laughs> he, was, he was wild. He was a wild boy. Man. Hey, he listen, that boy. was that was my guy, man. Definitely one of my favorite podcasters of all time. And my my favorite rant that he would go on is when he get to talking about the church. Anytime he got to talk about the church, <laughs> bro, it was I was ready. I'm like, yeah, talk that shit, talk that shit, bro, because he was. He was, you know what I'm saying? We shared a lot of the same sentiments when it came to the church. So it was good to hear somebody of a, uh, you know what I'm saying, of a higher caliber talk and, you know, have that that knowledge and experience that he had. So, yeah, man, I'm I'm definitely going to miss him. <clears throat> yeah, man, me too, man. And it's, you know, it, it was, we it was, it was definitely, obviously it was more than a podcast relationship, but like, yeah. you know, just... I mean, we spent a lot of time together. Like, out of out of really anybody in my family, he's the person that I spent the most time with. Right. You know what I'm saying? These past, right. not just four years of podcasting, like, even before then, I used to go to his house every Saturday, and we would mm. talk for, like, three, four hours. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You and said that's how y'all started it, though, right? Yeah, because it yeah. was just like, we was, because it all started, like, I went to a family reunion, because he was already with my aunt for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I was at a family a family reunion and just when nobody around that much, I was like, man, let me go holler at you know Uncle Washington. I mm-hmm. go over there and get to talking. I'm like, damn, that's my fucking cool as fuck, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, man, I just been missing out on these conversations for years, and it was just yeah. like, and it was like from that day, it was every Saturday, dude. I went yeah. over there and and we would just chop it up, and then I did the first episode solo, and my homeboy Mark was like, yo, you need a co-host. Mm-hmm. I was like, shit, man. I was like, man, I don't know nobody <laughs> that want to do this shit. And so I I called Unc up and explained to him because he didn't know what a podcast was. So mm-hmm. I just told him it's basically like a radio show. I was like, we just recording, you know, a conversation basically. And so we did the, the uh, second episode, man, uh, NBA special. Yeah. And he was just like, man, yo, we could do this every day. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, oh, man. I said, we can't do it every day, but you know what I'm saying? But we could do it. I said, but we could do it once a week. He was like, yeah, yeah. Like, let's do that. And that's and that's when it started, man, from episode two. 
you know, yeah, uh, Alt was the co-host, and and he, he rocked with me ever since. And it was just like, like we would say it on the podcast, like everything that we did and the conversations that we had on the podcast was the mm-hmm. same shit that we would talk about when we weren't recording. You know, yeah. what I'm it was it was the same shit. It it would have been things that we would have talked about anyway. Yeah. So um, so yeah, man, we dedicate this to him, man, and for sure. You know what I'm saying? I love him. Wish he was still here. And that was the one thing, like, my aunt was saying, and then we'll move on. Like, my aunt was like, she was like, uh, and this was even when he was still alive. She was just mm-hmm. like, because he would be like, Sean, I'm trying to get better. He was like, because I'm trying to get back on the podcast. I'm trying not to let yeah. you down. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, aunt, man, you're not letting me down, man. I was like, yeah. don't worry about it, man. I was like, just just get your health together. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, because he was all he would think about was it was th- that he was letting me down because he mm-hmm. wasn't able to record. And it's like, dude, like, like this podcast is irrelevant when it comes to your health. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So you know, he he dealt with a lot, man, since February, and you know, he's not suffering anymore. Right. And you know, but I I I I let him know. I was like, yo, like you're not letting me. down. Like, you know, the podcast is fine, you know, Mm -hmm. so, you know, I hate that he wasn't able to to make it back. I mean, you know, you never know when something like this is going to happen because it's like, you know, I I went back and I listened to the last episode. It was a call free agent. That was when Mm -hmm. that Cam Newton shit went down. When Cam Newton got into the argument with the the kid. Yeah, with the little boy. Yeah. 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 So, like, that was that was the last episode that we was able to do. But. You know, that's how life go. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, he was trust me, he was everybody's favorite, man. Trust trust oh, me that. If y'all if y'all don't know, y'all better go back and listen to them episodes when people were oh. talking about, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Even Jamar <laughs> said it on the one episode yeah. we did last time. <laughs> Everybody will let yeah. me know, like, yo, yeah, Uncle man. Washington is that guy, man. Yeah. Like Sean, you like, cool, but <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing. And dude, yeah. that's why I always say, like, yo, I've I never had a huge ego. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because like when we did this podcast shit, it was like, yo, like y'all, y'all are hearing the knowledge for like an hour and a half, two hours, but it's right. like I get this shit all day, every day. Yeah, and that so was the good part about it. Yeah. So I was like, I didn't mind sharing that spotlight. You know what I'm saying? Even when even when it comes to this, like you would be like, yo, I'm a co-host. I'm like, well shit, I'm a co-host too. Like, mm-hmm. like I'm not like I'm not the fucking leader of this ship. It's just like, yo, like we nah, in this, this shit is, together. This a duo, we a partnership. Yeah, yeah, this is a definite duo. Yeah, and like and then I wanted it to be like that with him, but it was kind of hard for me not yeah. to call him a co-host because it was like I kind of started it by myself, but then like I would do solo episodes and shit. So it was mm-hmm. kind of like I guess I am the host, but you know what I'm saying, but but uh, He's the guy. He's the oh guy. yeah, oh yeah, man. But uh, yeah, yeah, man. Rest, <clears throat> rest easy for him, man. But we mm-hmm. got a, uh, you know, so we got a little different kind of film for the people today, man. Yeah, um, you know, what I'm saying, uh, 2007 film. It, it yo, I went, when I went back and watched this shit, it's just like <laughs> this shit. This shit crazy as fuck. But man, we we got something special for y'all, man. We got the uh. The 2007 film, man, No Country for Old Men. Mm-hmm. And the wild thing about this film, I mean, look, it won four Oscars. You know what I'm saying? As it and, should. Yeah, as it should. I, I think it. I think it was deserved. Um, 
But, you know, this film, man, you know what I'm saying, got one of the greats in Tommy Lee Jones. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Jaws Berlin, Woody Harrelson. How do you say my name? The dude named, um, is it, uh, mm-hmm. I don't want to mispronounce it. I don't Javier, know if it's Javar. It's, is it Javier? Ha- yeah, it's Javier. I think it's Bardem. I know his first name so, is Javier, but so I, it's I Javier. Okay. Bardem. Yeah, man. That and look, he he got uh, best supporting actor. Yo, hey, listen. Bro. You talking about? I don't even know if he should have got supporting for that one. Like the movie was really just really him. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, he's not. Nah, come on, man. The Josh Brolin I mean, was. Good. No, no, he was. But I'm just saying, like his acting as the, as the hitman, bro. Like that shit was primo. Like when he hit dude in the in the forehead with that fucking uh uh the that, air that, gun or whatever the fuck the, the, air, the air pressure man. Come on, bro, that shit was sick. It's it's, it's, def- <laughs> it's definitely. How do you know sick. how to kill a nigga like that? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> man, the same way you do the uh the cattle, man. The same way. Man, that motherfucker but, was cold, man. My question cold. is this though: What would you do if you just came across a bag of two million dollars, bro? Well, I mean, okay, hold on. Before I answer that question, okay. <clears throat> so basically, small town mm-hmm. in Texas, you know, Central Rail, Texas. Um, mm-hmm. this dude, Llewellyn. He was well. He was basically just out hunting, hit a deer, hit it in the wrong spot. So he had to follow the uh, blood trail, and then he ended up stumbling across a bad drug deal. Mm. Everything dead, dogs, everything. And he was pretty smart, but he basically used like his military tactics because he was mm-hmm. able to see the drug deal, see the see the drugs, but money's missing. Mm-hmm. So he was able to track down the dude to get the money. Comes up on the dude with the money. Like you said, find $2 million. Mm-hmm. So this motherfucker, you know what I'm saying, find some guns around the way. And this is what fucked him up. And I, I know this is a synopsis, but, but you, you got to mention this in there. Yeah. So this motherfucker, when, when, when he was looking around, like the bad drug deal going bad, he opened up one door to a truck and the dude asked for some agua. He's like, I ain't got no agua. So anyway, this motherfucker goes home, which I'm going to get more into this one thing because I got to say it because it's the funniest thing ever. So he goes mm-hmm. home, laying in the bed. I, he can't stop thinking about dude. He was like, yo. He gets up, start getting some water. Wife asks him where he's going. She, he was like, about to do something stupid. And God mm-hmm. damn it, if it wasn't stupid. This motherfucker <laughs> goes back to the fucking uh, bad drug deal. And now these motherfuckers find his ass. And now he has to fucking run away from them. And so basically this whole movie is about the 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 money the tracking device in it. Mm-hmm. And so the hitman has the, the uh the thing to, and he just basically follow him around. And so basically really that's I mean it's a whole bunch of other shit that happens, but basically that's the whole movie. Is this dude <clears throat> his whole mission is to get that bag of money. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like that's basically really the movie. There's some other shit in between, but that's basically the movie. Mm-hmm. Now, to answer your question, the first thing I'm doing, I think even before I saw this movie, the first thing I'm looking for is a fucking tracking device. 
That is the very first thing I'm looking for. Like, there's the thing about the drug world is nobody trusts nobody. And right. everybody is looking to get over on the other person. Mm-hmm. So why not, if you're making a drug deal to that size, that truck, that whole pickup truck was yeah. full of heroin or cocaine yeah. or whatever it was. It was full. That type of money. Like, come on, man. Anybody's going to think, well, I could give these motherfuckers these, but I could, I could do the drug deal, mm-hmm. give them the money, take these drugs, Follow these motherfuckers, kill them, and get my money right back. <laughs> so like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, yo, because the thing is, if you're making a deal that big, like these motherfuckers don't care. Mm. So it's like, why not go ahead and give them the money? They gonna be happy, thinking they good, and then you roll up on them in the hotel room, boom, boom, shoot them, then get the money back. Now you got all the drugs. You can sell the drugs, make the property. You still got your own two me. So. The first thing I'm doing is I'm looking for a tracking device because you can't trust these people. Right. Can't trust them. Well, I'm gonna tell you what I'm doing. I'm not taking no drugs, I'm not taking no guns, but I'm gonna unzip that bag and I'm taking as much money as possible. I'm not taking the whole thing, but I'm taking as much money as I can. And then I'm taking that shit and I'm burying it somewhere in near my house. And I'm not coming outside for two months. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. But let's just hope that you didn't take the one that got to them. You see, yeah. that's the type of shit I think about. So I'll be thinking like, well, if you take the bag, it got to be something in it, right? It might be a tracking yeah. device in it. But say if, like, you know what I'm saying? We know now in hindsight it's $2 million. Well, shit, say if, you know what I'm saying, you get the, I don't know, 500000 uh-huh. Shit, 500000 I'm good for it forever. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm the same way. I'm always more of like, I'll take a little bit and I'm mm-hmm. good. But like, even with that little bit, like you still have to check and see, that's what Llewellyn fucked up at from the yeah. jump. Yeah. Because, so, okay, so let's get into it, right? So this right. motherfucker, so he, he leaves, he leaves the scene, he took let me see. He took the he took the uh the satchel. He took I don't know uh one uh one Uzi and he took a, a silver pistol. Right? They took mm-hmm. off dude. So this motherfucker goes home and he goes straight to up under his trailer and he puts uh the uh the Uzi under there. So he walks in the house. <laughs> <laughs> his wife says, "She says, what's in the satchel?" <laughs> He says, play today. No, no happiness, yeah, no emotion, two, no nothing. Two million dollars. Well, he didn't he didn't say he didn't know how much it was. Right. He just said, he said, full of money. And she was like, where <laughs> you get that gun from? Found it. <laughs> and, then, and so she's like, what the fuck? Like, so he comes in, goes in, go get him a beer. And then um, so she's like, where you find the gun? He was like, he said some shit like. He said, "Look," he said, "You keep he said you keep asking me all these questions. I'm gonna take you in the back and screw you." <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Hey, but that shit had me fucking dying laughing. My like, yo, these motherfuckers stupid. And so, like I said, he had ended up. <coughs> <laughs> 
Hey, it was just so funny. Take you in the and, so, <laughs> and so then, so like I said, he earlier he got he got up, mm-hmm. and you know he started filling up the uh, jug of water. And she was like, "Where you going?" He's like, "About to do something stupid." And he was like, "Yo, if I don't come back, um, yeah, it was it was some shit like that." Uh, no, he said no. What he said was. Tell my mom that I love her. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. And then she said, "Your mom is dead." And then he he sat there for a second. And he was like, "Well, I guess I'd be able to tell him myself then." <laughs> and then walked out. <laughs> like what the fuck? And so he goes there, and he parks his car up on the hill. He goes down to get a dude some water. He sees dude head been blown off. Mm-hmm. So he's like, "Somebody done been here." He yeah. turns around and look. There's another truck up there with mm-hmm. his truck, and they're slashing his tires. So he go hide behind the truck, and then when he took off running, these hey these motherfuckers from sharpshooters, but they start shooting at the ground from fucking uh, two hundred yards away. And so then they drive down there, and so they follows him, and then they was able to catch him in the shoulder, and then he falls down on this hill, and then he goes in the water. They let the damn. Uh, pit bull loose mm-hmm. and then this is the thing about Llewellyn and then that's when you like after some of the things you seen you was like well maybe he was military this is when you yeah. found out he was military because he gets out the water he takes the gun you know what I'm saying he takes the clip out take the bullet out starts waving it you know <laughs> blowing in mm-hmm. it and shit and then the dog is in the air and he fucking put that clip back in boom shoot the dog shoot the dog while he's in the air <laughs> and so, <laughs> so then, <laughs> so then this motherfucker, he goes, he goes home, and then he took because he took his boots off when he ducked in the water, mm-hmm. and he, as, his wife was like, Llewellyn, where's your shoes? <laughs> and then he was like, he had to take them off for some shit. So he tells her to go the uh to go to Odessa where his mom is, where her mm-hmm. mom is, and she was like, he just she just gonna ask me a thousand questions. And then he was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> and then and so then, right, he's he like he sends like he sends her home and then he tells her that he's gonna come and all this little shit. And yo, know, his wife, like, listen, the accents in this movie are so fucking funny. But anyway, so we'll get back to Llewellyn them. So the back to what you were saying. So mm-hmm. my man, my hitman. He was already in a stolen car. So he gets arrested. And this is when I knew this movie was different. Right at the beginning of the movie. This is when I knew it was different. So there's one cop he's talking to, like the sheriff or whatever. He was like, yeah, um, I brought this guy in. He had a stolen car. No, no, no. All this type shit. So he's in the background. He you know, does the move because they have a handcuff from the back. He does the move where he, you know what I'm saying, goes mm-hmm. on under his legs so his arms will be in the front. And as soon as the cop get out the phone, he chokes my man out with the handcuffs. So it was cold, bro. Cold because then all this blood just starts spattering. And I was like, yo, all right, mm-hmm. now I'm paying attention. <laughs> I, was like, now, I was like, yeah, it got real. It got mm-hmm. real, real quick. And then the very next scene, my guy, this motherfucker's in a cop car, pulls somebody over, 
Tell my man to get out the car. I know it's 1980, mm-hmm. but if it's a dude driving a cop car, he got a regular outfit on, he carrying around this canister thing, and he tells you to get out of the car. Are you getting out the fucking car? Like, I'm dude, driving the fuck off. I'm driving off. Like, dude, you do not look like a I'm cop. I'm driving up. First off, nigga, why do, why do you have an a, 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 a air pump? <laughs> Yeah, like why, why are you, you running around with this air pump? I don't need my tires ain't flat, dog. I'm gone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so this dumb motherfucker gets out the car, and then he was like, just stand right here, and he puts it up to his forehead, and then, Ping! and I'm like, okay, you got me. <laughs> I, had, I had to sit up in my seat the first time I saw it. I'm like, okay, like. I'm in. Like I'm all in. Bro, now. that is the coldest fucking move ever, bro. Like, think about that though. He was going around killing niggas with an air pressurizer, bro. I don't know why motherfuckers don't do this now. Well, I'm glad <laughs> they don't. <laughs> Come think about it, dude. How they gonna solve this crime? They can't. That's why he did it. That's that's why I said. That's why he said he's the coldest assassin I've ever seen. To even think about some shit like that, like to even have that train of thought, like, well, shit, if I kill him with air pressurizer, then they'll never know what the fuck happened. And this is the thing, like now there, back then in the eighties, you had to have the whole, you know, pump thing. Now they just yeah. got these uh, cartridges. They're small, yeah, cartridges. Yeah, it's like. And it wasn't no DNA, and it wasn't no DNA then either. That's what I'm saying. They they couldn't even, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so I'm like, dude, like, that's just one of the smartest crimes ever. So then he steals the car. Okay, so now we got to get, look, yo, the names (laughs) these motherfuckers got in this movie is crazy. Mm -hmm. Tommy Lee Jones' name is Ed Tom Bell. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What the fuck is that? (laughs) So this motherfucker is with his, uh, with his dude Wendell, his other cop. So, and what was what was wild was he had got the horse and he had to use his wife, one of his wife horses. Yeah. <laughs> and so, when they got to the scene, he said, "Uh, when they was getting, he was like, look, you take this horse.' He was like, my wife didn't want me to take it, so if something happens, she's gonna come to you.' <laughs> <laughs> so he had the other cop ride that horse." Yeah. And so they go down and they checking out the scene and and all this shit and they seen that that was Llewellyn's truck so they knew to go to Llewellyn's house mm-hmm. and they was like you know we don't I don't think he's no drug pusher you know what I'm right. saying this is weird that his car is here so they go to his house but old dude now already been to his house he's he not you he already air pressurized the yeah. goddamn lock man I told that that's the coolest tool ever bro ever dude so and when he went there. He went around, and and like, dude was smart. I ain't gonna lie, he was mm-hmm. smart. He looked through the uh, through that mail and found a phone bill. Yeah. See, there was phone calls going to Odessa, Texas. Mm-hmm. So he looks around, see clothes missing. So he was like, "All right, so these motherfuckers gone." But not only does he do that, you know what I'm saying? Hey, hitman get thirsty too. Mm-hmm. So he goes in the refrigerator <laughs> get some, <laughs> get get the milk. <laughs> He's drinking the milk, and he leaves the milk sitting there. So probably, I don't know, had to be maybe only like 10 minutes later. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Wendell and you know, old Ed pull up, and they see that the lock, you know what I'm saying, got a hole in it. Yeah. And so <laughs> Wendell's like, he's like, look, you see this? He's like, yeah. He looks at him. He's like, are we going in? He's like, <laughs> yeah. And then he pulls his gun out, right? 
He mm-hmm. looks at him. He said, "You gonna pull your gun out too?" He says, "I'm right behind you." <laughs> <laughs> hey man, Tommy Lee Jones is is genius, bro. Like this is, I think this was this is one of the things for me is that you got Tommy Lee Jones right, who has this um like quick witted, you know what I'm saying, like sort of comical, whimsical, you know what I'm saying, character like. But he he usually plays these roles like you see him, especially like in um like in Men in Black. Like he plays these roles where he's like the straight man, but he'll give you like a little, you know, what I mean, comedic uh hit here and there. And then you got yeah. like Josh Brolin, who for some odd weird reason he always plays like these oddball roles to where it's like. <laughs> like whatever he's doing, like you can tell, like he's just out of place in society. <laughs> that, yeah. like, that's the only way I can explain it. Like even when he was playing, when he was supposedly playing Tommy Lee Jones in Men in Black, like he fit that character perfectly. Yep. Like mm-hmm. when he was in, um, when he was in Jonah Hex, like even in Jonah Hex, he was like an oddball in Jonah Hex. He was real awkward. He just seemed like so socially awkward. Like so, when he's in these roles, it just seemed like it fit so perfect. Yeah, man, that that <laughs> both of them like you. You got to be grown to get it. Like mm-hmm. if you get some kids, like my kids, like they be looking at me sometimes. I be laughing and shit, and they be like, "Y'all yeah. don't get it." And I always right. tell them, like, "Y'all are kids. Y'all don't understand. Right. Like you don't get it. Mm-hmm. Like you just got to be older." So they walk in, so they don't even finish it. They don't even finish it. So then they go in, they looking around, and so Wendell looks. And he sees the milk <laughs> that my man left out. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, boss, it's still cold. <laughs> we just missed him. <laughs> this motherfucker. And go to the kitchen, get a damn cup, pour some milk in the cup. So cops get thirsty, too. Mm-hmm. So he's drinking some of the milk, too. So I was like, yo, these motherfuckers is crazy. Like, yeah. they're crazy as hell. And it's just like little shit like that, man. That shit be fucking hilarious to me. So then Llewellyn, like I said, he sent his wife to Odessa with his mom. So, you know, he goes, takes some money out the satchel. He goes, gets some shit that he needs. And he leaves the money in the room, but he's smart enough to put it in the air vent, right? Mm-hmm. So he put it in the air vent and slide it over to the side. And so then he go get some things that he needs. And he goes back and he sees the truck that wasn't there earlier. So he's paranoid. So he's like, you know, he tells the dude to drive around. Okay. Oh, how can I miss this? Oh man. Okay. No, I'm not. I'm right. I'm right. So he tells him to drive him to a new hotel. Mm. So he goes to another hotel. All right. So this motherfucker goes back the next day, and so he tells he goes to the the, the clerk lady. He, he, he's like, he says, I want to get another room. And she was like, well, you want to add something to your room? He's like, no, I want another room. So, so you want an additional room? And he was like, yeah. So he was like, dude, she has a, like a, a, like a, a floor plan type of thing. Yeah. So she gives it to him. So he wants the room that's directly behind it, right? Yeah. So she's like, he said, let me get this room. She said, <laughs> she said, <laughs> she said, 
that room got two double beds. <laughs> say it again, though. Say it again. Say it again. <laughs> you gotta do it with the accent again. She said, she said, she said that room got two double beds. <laughs> Listen, I watched this shit again uh, last night, dude. Yeah. Even, even with going through the shit with Aunt, dude, that shit had me dying laughing. That shit was hilarious. So then he's like trying, but during this time, I'm saying my man got my, my tracker. He finally started getting the hit. Mm-hmm. So he sees, figure out which room it's in. He goes to the <laughs> office and he buys a room beside that room. Yeah. And so then this is what trips me out is the fact of who were the people in the room? Because yeah. from my understanding, were there two trackers? Because how did they find it too? You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Because he killed three people in that room. Yeah. So I mean they the they could have just been just regular motherfuckers. So why would she rent out that room? Ain't no telling. You know what I'm saying? That's just one of them things that you know what I'm saying, like it just it's probably added in for the for a more dramatic effect. But these motherfuckers had guns, they was loaded, like they had well, I mean, it's Texas. everything. It's Texas. It's Texas, but these motherfuckers, you can tell they was with some shit. Like these wasn't just regular dudes. Well, I'm Why saying, got- like, even if even if that's the case, like, even say say they were with some shit, right? Like, wouldn't wouldn't he had known who they were? But you got to remember, and this is the part I skipped over, when they the hitman went back to the scene with these mm-hmm. other two people. Mm-hmm. So they was like, "Yo, we got this tracker." So they gave him the tracker. He was like, "Have you got any hits yet?" He was like, "Nah, I ain't got nothing." Yeah. So he shoots both of them. Oh, uh, yeah. And takes yeah, the track. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know who this motherfucker works for. Like, they never right. like tell us who he worked for or if he's in it by himself or if was it his money, was it his drugs? Like, I don't shit, you know. I, yeah, I, I was just about to say, he might be the guy that's behind all that shit. That's what I'm saying. So it's like, I don't know who the people were in the room. And I, I'm assuming the people that was in the room were some of the people that works for the people, whoever was mm-hmm. that got killed at that thing. So they're there. And so Josh Berlin is in the room behind, you know what I'm saying? And he goes, and, and that's another thing. It's just little, little shit that, like I said, I don't think everybody gonna find the shit funny. I thought the shit was funny. But yeah. like, so Josh Berlin, like, he knows, like, yo, I need to find s- some long pipes. Mm-hmm. So he goes into the store and he was like, yo, I need a tent. He was like, what kind of tent? He was like, I don't care. The tent with the most poles in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> he's like, well, you gotta tell me what kind of tent you want. So like, he's just like, man, just give me a fucking tent. <laughs> yeah, give me man. a fucking like, tent with poles, motherfucker. Yeah, and so he uh he go get these poles, he go get another gun, he cut the barrel off that bitch. Like he does mm-hmm. all this other shit. So anyway, 
So he gets the money out, and so he goes to another hotel room. So this motherfucker is doing the same thing he was doing that night when he was laying in the bed and decided to go back to go get that mm-hmm. new water. He's just laying in the bed looking at the, at the ceiling. And he was like, he just says to himself, something ain't right. So he gets up. Well, no, that ain't what he said. He was like, there's no way. So mm-hmm. he gets up, starts looking at the money, start flipping through it. Boom. He sees one of them just got hundreds on the on the top and on the bottom. He yeah. flipped through it, and it's all ones in the middle, and he find a tracking device. Mm-hmm. As soon as he find the tracking device, <laughs> he sees two feet down him. at the door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that motherfucker... <laughs> Start shooting that goddamn air gun. Yeah, shot the damn lock back in his ass. Lock hit him in the chest. Hey man, listen, that that got. I want. I want to know what the like what the whole because I know it's this is all based off of a book, right? So like it's this was originally a book, but I just want to know like what was the author thinking or what were the writers thinking? Because I don't even know if he was using the air gun in the book. I, I've never read it, but I know. You know what I'm saying? That's where it come from. I just want to know, like, what were they thinking making that the weapon of choice, though? Like, because just to, you know what I'm saying? Like, just to have that concept of him carrying around that fucking tank everywhere. And then, like, when he get to use that motherfucker, that's like, <laughs> I'm sure he happy to the motherfucker. He like, man, I've been carrying this goddamn tank around everywhere. I'm about to use this motherfucker on your ass. You done for. Like, if I, whatever I do with this goddamn air gun, trust me, it's going to be precise and to the point because. I got to lug this motherfucker around everywhere. And I'm coming to get this goddamn money. Oh, for sure, man. And like I say, it got little little scenes in it where some people would be like, yo, what was the point in this? But mm-hmm. I think what they was trying to explain with the hitman was the fact of his morals was so just... It was just weird. He was just an odd dude. Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like There was one scene, some people may say you didn't need it, but I think that it explained more about the character. Like there was one scene where he went to this uh, store and so he's talking to the guy and he was like, yo, you know, this much for gas and this or that for whatever. So he, the, the, the store clerk is like, where you coming from? He's like, what's it matter to you? Mm-hmm. He was just like, you know, just trying to have small talk. So he's like, and then, like, I think, I, I can't remember, he might have asked him about the weather or something. And so he kind of shot that question down. And so then he asked him about the store. And he was like, uh, it's my wife's. He, he said, it's my um, my father-in-law's store. Mm-hmm. So he was like, so you married into it? And he was just like, well, if you want to look at it that way. And then he's like, he says, how much have you ever lost in the corn toss? And he was like, like what? And so he's like, I don't know. He was like, what time? And then like he he got this eerie feeling. So yeah. he's like, no, I'm about to close the store. He's like, what time do you close? He was like, well, I'm just gonna close right now. He said, what time do you close? He was like, oh, around dark. He was like, okay, so what time do you? He said, what time do you go to bed? <laughs> he was like, he was like, I don't know, around nine thirty. And so and so. And you can see, like, it's awkward as fuck. Like, it is very awkward. So then he's like, he flips a coin. He's like, call it. He's like, what am I calling for? He's like, just call it. (laughs) He's like, (laughs) now, 
keep this in mind. Just, just call it part. Just, you know what I'm saying? We'll get to it when we get to the end of the pod. So he's like, just call it. And my man say something else. And like, he just keeps saying, just call it. Mm-hmm. And so he calls it. And he calls heads and his head. So he was like, it's your luck. Like, keep the, the show lucky quarter. And he was about to put it in his pocket. He was like, don't put it in your pocket. He's like, that's a special quarter. He was like, he said, uh, he said, if you put it in your pocket, it's just gonna get mixed in with the other ones, and it's gonna be just a quarter. And then he walks out. It's like, the fuck? Like, what was that? But at the same time, it lets you more in on his character because it's yeah, like, that's what I was about to say. For me, I felt like that was that scene specifically was um was a way of doing like character development, like giving you, you know, what I'm saying just the 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 personality of who this guy really is. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause we don't, cause throughout the movie, like he don't do a lot of talking. Mm-mm. Like he, he, he about action through the, through the whole movie. Like you, all you see is him lugging around this fucking tank and, and, uh, pumping people full of air. So, you know what I'm saying? And, <laughs> and shooting lights outdoors and shit. So like when, when you see him, it's, you, you know, for a fact, when he come on screen, either somebody is going to take an L or some shit is about to be uh, destroyed. So, you know what I'm saying? I think that scene was a way for us to really see just how sinister this dude really was. Because, like, in that moment, I and just, like, thinking back on watching that, like, in that moment, you didn't know where that scene was going. Like, it got to the point to where, like, I think now, in hindsight, it was more so, like, him just being an asshole. Since, like, dude was doing small talk, he just did it back to him. Like, oh, okay, so you want to do small talk? Let's do small talk. Yeah, so, like, I don't know. When you when you shut, when you shut the store down. And then, you know what I'm saying, you seen how dude got uncomfortable. So, he like, nigga, now you know how I feel. I just wanted some goddamn <laughs> cash, motherfucker. Yeah. You go. <laughs> Asking all these goddamn questions. Just give me what the fuck I need so I can leave. So, I mean, like, I... I felt him on that. And then like when he was doing the quarter thing, now that's, that's the thing that threw me off. Cause it was like, okay, what, what is so special about this quarter? Like, why, why is this, is this going to be something that, you know what I'm saying? It is, do the quarter got a tracker in it? Do the quarter no. blow up or something on it? You know what I'm saying? Like, no. that's just what I'm thinking. And you know what I'm saying? Like what, what, a, maybe he going to come back and kill this motherfucker for that quarter. I don't know. But you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the kind of thing that in that scene, you know what I'm saying? I, I think that's what that scene was for though, was just, you know what I'm saying, giving you um, kind of a little bit of insight on who, uh, I, I don't even know how to pronounce the dude's name, but uh, the hitman. So, two things, and then mm-hmm. I'm going to get back to it. Number one, <laughs> I know we don't do this, yeah. but dude, when you said pumping motherfuckers full of air, it's like, yeah. is that a pause? <laughs> that could be, that That could definitely be a pause. Okay, I, but would, I would not shoot that down. That could, that could <laughs> definitely be a pause, because the pumping part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so just then, saying, man, that's what he was doing. But then the second thing was I think if that shit would have landed on Tails, he was he was out of here. Old man was out See, of here. That's what, I'm that's what I'm saying. Like that that was the that's the best part about that scene because like I said, it could have went that scene could have literally went anywhere. Like we don't know what his mindset was we just now actually getting to really see him you know what i'm saying like as a character like like you said he talked to the two dudes at first but that's like some one or two line type shit like now we really get to see him in dialogue we actually get to see him face to face and interacting with somebody so we we don't know what he's capable of the whole time we've seen him he just offing people 
That's a pause too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? He being a hitman. So it's like now it's you get a chance to really see him, you know what I'm saying, really be a legit character. So yeah. True. So Josh Berlin, he finds the tracker, sees the two feet, you know what I'm saying? Thing come through, and he just shoots, you know what I'm saying? Well, shell at the door. He goes to jump out the window and do he jumps out the window at I mean, listen, if it was a tenth of a second slower, his whole right. head would have been gone. Been so he's uh he run down. Well, he actually goes back through the building, and then my man, like yo, he, he just the way he thinks, man. Mm-hmm. He he thinks going out the back door, dude was gonna try to go out through the front. Then he starts shooting at him. Right. Why he go through that the back door? He catches him. So then he just jumps in the car with this dude. And then that's another thing. Like, just little little shit. When when he got the when he got the uh the satchel at the hotel room when he shot the other three guys that was already in that room, mm-hmm. he hitchhiked. So this black guy picked him up. Mm-hmm. And this is why I always thought was stupid. So the black guy looks at him and he's shaking his head. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you shouldn't be doing that. He was like, even somebody as young as you. And he's like, what are you talking about? He says, hitchhiking is dangerous. Mm-hmm. It's like, so why the fuck you pick him up? <laughs> <laughs> he could be dangerous. To st- kill your ass and take your car. Like, what the fuck, man? Uh, just, that's why I'm saying this movie is so crazy, bro. It's, it's so much It's so much wild shit in this movie, bro. You just... Yeah. It, and I think I think that's why this movie was so um, was as highly praised as it was because there was like it wasn't really confusion. It was just more so like it kept you on the edge of your seat. It kept you on your toes. Like you really had to, you know, what I'm saying like pay attention to the movie. It wasn't one of those movies where, um, you know, what I'm saying like if you're watching it at home, you know, you could pick up your phone real quick look up, you know what I'm saying, as they talking, so you ain't really got to watch it. Like, this movie, you really had to watch and pay attention to, or this was one that could lose you later on down the line. And that's a fact. So, to fast forward back, he jumps in the, jumps in the truck with this guy. Mm-hmm. Man, my hit, man, they hit him in the shoulder and one to the head. Wow, like, mm-hmm. damn! When he hit him in the, no, he hit him in the neck, dude, it was blood going everywhere. So, yeah. Llewellyn, he, you know what I'm saying, Goes down, pushes the gas pedal, and he just pumping bullet after bullet after bullet into the windshield. Mm-hmm. So he wrecks the truck on purpose to get my man to come out there. Yeah. So my <clears> man <throat> comes out to the car, he sees the blood on the ground, and he noticed, but Llewellyn still caught him in the leg. Yeah. Now, even though he was diving behind this car, he caught him in the leg. So he goes, and Llewellyn ends up going to Mexico. And on his way to Mexico, like I say, it's all it's these big. dude. It's these it's these little bitty shits where it's like it's it's really it's it's attention to detail. Shout out to mm-hmm. the Corn Brothers, man, because yeah. it's just little shit. So Llewellyn is trying to get into Mexico because he's right at the border. Yep. So he's like leaking blood, and these three white dudes are walking, and he's like, he tells dude. I give you $200 for your coat. And so he was like, let me see the money. So Llewellyn pulls out the $200, the 
It's fucking bloody as hell. And mm-hmm. then my man says, well, let me hold the money. <laughs> 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 so he gives her the 200. He's like, man, give me the jacket. So he gives him the jacket, right? So then my other man had a uh, had a corona. He was like, let me get that corona. He said, how much you gonna pay me for it? <laughs> <laughs> that dude said, man, just give him the damn corona, man. <laughs> and so he goes into Mexico. He throws the bag over this, uh, he throws the satchel over this fence. So mm-hmm. he goes into Mexico. But you go back to the hitman, he done got shot. Yeah. So this motherfucker is sitting outside the pharmacy, man. And so he got them comes up with this idea to he goes up to this car in the middle of the street, it's it's broad daylight. He goes up to this car, put this he gets the shirt and he already had like a uh uh like a clothes hanger. So mm-hmm. he gets this uh he gets a piece of shirt, dips it in the gas, pulls it out, then he puts this uh this thing over the gas cap and he lights the shirt on fire. So yeah. he goes into the pharmacy. Dude, he don't even blink when that damn car blew up. Goes in the back of the pharmacy, get all the shit that he needs to stole clean himself up and stole all that shit. So this motherfucker gets a hotel now, room. Time out, time out. Because that to me, I've stolen many a Snickers bars out of Walgreens. Out of CVS, <laughs> out of Rite Aids, I've never had to blow up a car <laughs> to steal out of a fucking corner storage slash drugstore pharmacy, and like just go in there, take it, and walk out. What? Well, who, he had who was to, gonna? He had to go behind the counter him? though. That's cool. Hey man, listen, you could have made some <laughs> shit up. Hey man. It's a guy outside. He just got hit by a car. Uh, can you get somebody to call now? Just and you could have made some shit up. You ain't had to go blow somebody's goddamn car up. They insurance about to be out high now because you would a motherfucking <laughs> steal some Johnson and Johnson first aid kits, man. He an asshole. Well, we know he an asshole. Yeah. But, yo, but then it also shows us another side of him. Mm-hmm. This motherfucker know all of the shit to clean the damn bullet out. Yeah. He gets in the tub. He got he got one of those big ass uh bottles of I don't know peroxide. Really, really I don't know peroxide, what, wasn't it? I don't know what the fuck that shit was. He put a hole in the top of it, he's cleaning it out, he's mm-hmm. getting out, he got the uh he got a uh tweezers, um and he's sanitizing that shit, he gets mm-hmm. all of this shit out. It's just like, yo, this motherfucker knows everything. Yeah. And so Luella ends up being in the hospital, but that's when Carson shows up. Oh, Woody Harrison. Yeah. But it showed Woody Harrison earlier in the film where he's talking to this guy. And this guy, like, he knows, like, what's going on. And Carson knows, like, yo, this dude is not going to stop until he get this money. Like, he, right. he's not stopping. So when Llewellyn wakes up, well, he was on the street at first. But then he ended up being taken. Uh, these Mexican dudes took him to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And so he wakes up and Carson's there and he's like, yo, like, you just need to give me this money. I'm telling you, because this dude is not going to stop. And he was like, mm-hmm. what makes you think this dude ain't on his way to Odessa? And he's like, why would he go to Odessa? He was like, uh, because he knows your wife is there. He's yeah. like, he's going to kill your wife. You don't give him the money. So he gives him his car and was like, yo, call me if you need me. And so Carson, pretty smart too. He's walking and he was like, I'm pretty sure he probably threw this money. Yeah. Over this fence, 
And he sees the fucking satchel down at the bottom of the, uh, at the thing. Mm-hmm. But, like I say, another one of those small scenes where you might think it's nothing, but the writing is sensational. So he went to the store earlier mm-hmm. and he bought some boots, some new cowboy boots. Mm-hmm. Okay, fast forward. He goes in there. He, now he still got his fresh cowboy boots, but mm-hmm. he got a, a fucking uh, hospital gown. And so he goes up to the store guy. He's like, "Yo," because the dude asked him. He was like, "Yo, how those uh how those boots treat you?" He was like, "Oh, they treat me well." He was like, "Uh, now I need everything else." Yeah. He was like, "Have you ever had somebody come in here with no clothes on?" He was like, I "Can't say I have." And so, <laughs> so he fucking sells. He gets on some new clothes. So he goes down, gets the bag, and. He well, he calls he calls uh, Carson up, but old dude is already in his room. Mm-hmm. Hitman is already in his room, so he kills his ass. And when the phone is ringing, answer the phone, and it's Llewellyn. And so he he told him, "You give me the money, I won't kill your wife." Right, Llewellyn, <laughs> one of them, you know what I'm saying. Want to play smart, nah, 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 all this type shit. So that was his opportunity to save his wife. Now you go back to what's my man name, Ed. You go back to Ed. Ed is still trying to solve all of this shit, mm-hmm. trying to figure out like what's going on. And so he gets the same idea to go to Odessa to go talk to his wife. So he goes to talk to his, uh, his wife and was like, Look, Llewellyn's in some shit. You know what I'm saying? And he gonna need some help to get out of it. Yeah. And she was like, well, I don't know where he is. I don't know what's going on because he didn't tell me. And which he didn't tell her, so she didn't know. Right. So he gives uh her his number. It was like, tell him to call me if he needs me. And so he finally calls his wife and told her to meet him at this hotel room. Well, thing is, and that's why I say somebody else, those other people, those other people that was involved with that shootout with a bad drug deal, they found this motherfucking ass. Mm-hmm. And they killed him and they got the money. And so Llewellyn's wife, well, actually, Ed shows up first because she called him and told him where Llewellyn was going to be. Yeah. And so he shows up. He While he's getting ready to pull in, he heard gunshots, and then he sees these dudes in the truck, you know what I'm saying, peeling out. And then he sees Llewellyn in there, and he's dead. So, like, you got the whole crime scene out there. They're all out there and shit. And mm-hmm. so then he sees Llewellyn's wife pull up, and she knew right off the jump because he walked up to her and took off his hat. So she knew he was dead. So he left and then something told him to go back. He goes back and what does he see? He see the fucking doorknob, the yep. lock blown off again with the air thing. Mm-hmm. And he stood there and he thought about it. And I think what was going through his mind was I think this motherfucker's still here. Should I go in and risk my life 
or should I just say fuck it and get in my car and pill out? Right. I thought he was gonna pill out. No. Because he was already talking about like retirement. You could tell him and his wife had a great relationship. Mm -hmm. But he was like, nah, fuck it. So he goes in. Now my man was still there, but he was actually in another room. Yeah. So he didn't kill him. He was hiding though. That's the crazy he was part. Hiding. With with ease. Yeah. With the silencer on the on the damn gun. Man. He had all the great guns. He had all the great weapons. Because yes. his silencer, it, 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 it sounded like a oh man. It, it didn't sound like the regular silencer. It just sounded like a tube. Yeah, it was weird. Mm -hmm. But that but that shit was hard. And so um this motherfucker, you know, he sits down, he thinks about it. So then it goes to Llewellyn's wife. And she's at a funeral. Mm -hmm. Her mom, and that's another thing. Yeah, her mom. Boom. Another another small scene. You think why you put it in there? But so her and her mom. This is when uh, Llewellyn called her and told her where he was going to be. Mm -hmm. And so they is in the cab. Her, um, what's his wife's name? Um, I think it's Gina. No, Carla. Carla Jean. Yeah. So Carla <laughs> Jean's in the car in the uh, taxi cab with her mama. Mm -hmm. And so her mom is like, she said, uh, she said, we're going to El Paso, Texas. <laughs> she, said, she said, you know how many people I know in El Paso? And then he was like, he looks at her and she holds up a zero. This nigga. <laughs> 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 hey, that shit had me crying laughing, but I was like, yo, these motherfuckers are stupid as fuck. Yeah. So, so to go back to it, so her mom dies. Mm -hmm. And so she goes back to her mom's house and she goes, she gets something to drink and then she goes and she thought, she knew something was funny. Yeah. So she goes into a room and this motherfucker's just sitting there. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, I need to sit down. And this is why I say, all right, I mentioned this earlier. So she sits down and he's like, she's like, I knew you were coming. She's like, I knew this wasn't over. And then she was like, you don't have to do this. And he was like, people always say that. And she was like, yeah, because you don't have to do this. Yeah. So <clears throat> what does he do? Pulls out a quarter. Oh. <laughs> Call it. <laughs> She's like, no. And then he's like, the reason I have to do this is because your husband had the opportunity to save your life and he chose mm -hmm. not to. And so then he asked her to call it. And she's like, no. And he he and he had this confused look on his face. He's yeah. like, "Why these motherfuckers don't want to call nothing, man? Call it." <laughs> but see, that's like, I I thought this I thought that this particular scene was dope because it kind of put him in a different situation. You know what I'm saying? Like the first one, <clears throat> the the first situation, and you know what I'm saying? Like you told told the listeners, you know what I'm saying? Make sure you guys remember when he was in the you know what I'm saying the, the gas station with the. Um, with the clerk at first because with the clerk it was he was more so asking you know what i'm saying like what am i calling it for 
Mm-hmm. So when he was telling them to call it, he kind of had control over that conversation. He well, he actually took control of the conversation, and he, you know, what I'm saying he was in a position of power in that moment. This one was different because, and this is why I think the the quarter thing came into effect too, because in a weird metaphoric way, this is like two sides of the coin, right? Like mm-hmm. in one moment he's in control, in this particular moment he's not in control. He actually loses the control to um, Carla Jean because she kind of tells him like, you know, I'm not gonna call it. I'm gonna leave it up to you. You know what I'm saying? I'm not gonna put my life in the hand. You know what I'm saying? In a, in a chance moment, I'm gonna let you decide. Let your morals be. You know what I'm saying? The the reason that, you know what I'm saying? You kill me or not? And I thought that was that. I thought that scene was different because that had put him in such a difficult predicament. <clears throat> True. Now, I'm gonna ask you this question, even though I think you already know. Mm-hmm. Think you did it? Uh, I don't think so. You don't think so? That's weird. I thought you were going to go the other way. And the the reason I say that is because I think, like I said, in in that moment, he didn't have the control. And I feel like if he was, if, if they were, if they wrote it to where he did kill her, they would, they might not have shown it, but we, they'd have did, I think they'd have did something like, shown the outside of the house and then you heard the gunshot you know what i'm saying or you know you might have seen the flash or something like that but or or heard you know what i'm saying like they, they would have gave some kind of indication that he actually did it because when he left he ain't do nothing but just wipe off his shoes and he just walked out yeah but that's what made me think that he did because maybe blood got on his shoes nah i don't think so because you gotta remember though he wasn't that type of dude like to Cause, Cause, everything he did was precise. Everything he did was calculated. So I think for him to wipe off his shoes and have blood on it, that would have kind of gave it away that he was there. Cause remember, like when he left the the glass on the table, I don't even think like. Well, I think that his thought process was they would never think that I came in here and drunk milk. I, mm-hmm. you know, what I'm saying him him doing that was. I think to make it look like that they were drinking milk and then they just left because, you know what I'm saying? I already blew the lock off the door. So it's going to look like an attack where if I put the milk on there, it'll look like they were drinking milk during that time. And then they just escaped. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, that's just the way I I had kind of envisioned it. Yeah. And then he comes across just bad luck. You know what I'm saying? His light was green. His light was green. Cause just ran the red light Mm T-bone his ass. Yeah, and his damn bone popped out of his arm, mm. and like these teenage kids came up. He asked the kid for his shirt, and the kid was like, you know, he pulled out a hundred, and the kid was like, dude, I'll just give you my shirt. He was like, no, just take it and tell me you never saw me. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that was basically the end of him. But this is what the last scene always confused me. Mm-hmm. Um, well, second, what he went to see, I believe the dude was his brother. Yeah. Conversation um, with this dude about he was like yo why are you retiring he was just mm-hmm. like you know he's like man I'm just not cut out for it anymore you know what yeah. I'm saying and um so they had that conversation so like the very last scene is he at home talking to his wife and his wife mm-hmm. was like you know like um what's going on with you or whatever that was his and, uncle that wasn't his that was his uncle was okay about. that was his uncle because he was he was talking about how that shit was getting too much for him yeah. Yeah. And um 
so he's talking to his wife and he's like, he had these two dreams. He was like, I can't really remember one of them. He he it was it was really short. He he said something. And so then he goes was to the a, second the, one. It was some money or something, wasn't it? He he had did he hold on. I forget what it was. Okay, yeah. It so he lost some money in the first dream. Um that his fi- that his dad gave him. And then in his second dream. It was him and his dad. They was um, riding or something on the mountain, and then his dad went ahead of him, and, and that was it. Yeah, it was like he said that. Well, he said something about his dad was riding ahead of him, and he was, and he was like, it was something where it's like his dad is always there. He was like, he know, like in his <laughs> mind that his dad, like well, he said his dad went over the hill. And he was yeah. like, he he was like, and I know my dad was going to be there. Mm-hmm. So he was like, so I'm getting ready to go over and then I wake up. Yeah. And that's the end of the movie. And it's like, the fuck? Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it leaves you with this, with this, this feeling of like, I don't know. It's like he had like this incomplete dream. Yeah. And it's like in the end, the movie incomplete well not necessarily because like i think when they showed him he had he was done with everything by this time so i think that that was him him talking about that second dream and him talking about that well him talking about both dreams the dream where he lost the money i think that was him thinking about the you know i'm saying the whole investigation and what he had to go through in that investigation. And then in that second dream, I think that was him like calling it quits. You know what I'm saying? Cause like when he was talking to, to his uncle, he was explaining to him how, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I said, it just felt like it was too much for him. Like he didn't, there was nothing that, you know what I'm saying? He had left. So I think that in that second dream with his dad going over the hill and then him following and waking up, that was like, you know what I'm saying? Leaving everything behind going into, you know what I'm saying? The, the next part of his life. <clears throat> True. That's a great synopsis. I like that. I yeah. like that. So, man, are we, are we ready for the flames? Yes, sir. Let's get it. Yoga fire. Yoga flame. Yoga fire. Yoga flame. That damn button wasn't working for a minute. <laughs> Double oh. time. Yeah, <laughs> God damn. <laughs> um, let me see, man. I, I'm a, I'm gonna say four and a half. Oh, that's say, a yeah. I'm gonna say number from you. Um, only because you know this is this was a movie where you had, um, <clears throat> you know, what I'm saying you know I always talk about the cast: Tommy Lee Jones, Josh Brolin, um, Woody Harrelson. Those three guys right there, amazing actors. Um, everybody else in the supporting cast, they did a great job as well. Uh, the writing was phenomenal. You know what I'm saying? Even though I know that it was adapted from a book, but just to be able to take, because I, I think making a movie from a book is not an easy thing to do. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, because there's, there's so much that you have to cut out in order to put it into, you know what I'm saying? So much of a time span 
and then be able to still tell a com- the complete story of it and you know what I'm saying still be able to get the gist of it all so like the I'm sure the book is way more in detail than what we've seen in the movie and for them to give us as much as they could and and did in 2 hours you know it was i mean it was it was great um i think Josh Brolin did an amazing job uh, Javier Bardem, he he really did an amazing job. Like I said, to me, I, I felt like the movie was more so about him than anybody else. I know that, you know what I'm saying, it, everything else was going on, but it really, he really stole the show for me. So with everything that he did, you know what I'm saying, and then, you know, you, you really don't know him from anything else. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think this was his defining role. And then, you know, with everything, with all the awards and everything that it won, I think this was probably one of the first movies where they were winning big awards. And, you know, saying you actually seen the movie, you know, saying you actually liked the movie. This is one of the ones that they got right. So for me, man, I'm going to say four and a half. (laughs) Okay, hey, man, Eddie. The cast, the cast was really good. Um, You know, Tommy Lee Jones Mm -hmm. is a complete legend out here. Um, Josh Berlin, man, you know, uh, that's the other dude where, like, we, we don't tend to mention him when it when we talk about the family tree, um, mm-hmm. with, with his dad being a um being an actor and he's being an actor and and like we don't we don't mention his name, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like we don't we don't be like, oh man, you you a child actor, you know what I'm saying? Like, but he's just great at what he does and like nobody never says he's a son or such and such um but you know with this movie i think that this type of movie i I appreciate it more with with age i think the first time i saw it if somebody asked me to give it a fire flame i probably would have gave it a three three and a half but like Mm -hmm. with me being older and being able to appreciate films i'm gonna Mm -hmm. give it a four okay give it a four man um but uh, it's 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 definitely been a really really good movie. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like you was talking about Josh Brolin, man. You gotta, you know what I'm saying? Like look at just the the work he's done first and foremost, right? He was Thanos in the Avengers. Um, he was also in the Sicario movies, which were two dope movies. Um, he played Cable in the second Deadpool. Um, he was in Hell Caesar, which was uh, um, a highly touted movie with uh, an ensemble of a cast. Um, what else did he play in? He was in Sin City. Um, he was in Men in Black. Um, he was in Gangster Squad, True Grit. He was in Jonah Hex. You know what I'm saying? Um, dude was really like killing him. He played George W. Bush. Don't forget him. Dude, don't forget about American Gangster, my guy. Yeah, he was an American Gangster. He was in um He was he in was the a Grindhouse Terror, movie. That's my shit. Yeah. Yeah, a Planet Terror, man. That's my shit. Yeah, he was in um trying to see what else. He was in Hollow Man. I forgot about Hollow Man. Um, he was in the mod squad. Like, dude, dude has really been in. He was in Mimic. Oh, he was shit, in, in the blue too. Yeah, I. Hey, listen, <laughs> Mimic was that shit. 
Mimic was the was the shit. Have you ever seen Mimic? He was in the Goonies too. I forgot about the Goonies. That's uh, yeah, he yeah, he was in the Goonies. He's the oldest. He's the oldest brother, I think, in the Goonies. But uh, have you ever seen Mimic? I I don't think so. If I have, it's something that I don't remember. Uh, well, you uh, do y'all have a cicada problem? A cicada problem? What's that? Uh, you don't know what cicadas are? Uh. Uh-uh. Okay. Well, maybe it's just up here in in the Midwest. But right now we have um we have these bugs, these huge ass. They look like big ass flies, but these big ass bugs called cicadas, and they come out like ever so many years from the ground or whatever. And mm-hmm. these motherfuckers, when they come out, bro, they be everywhere. So like all on my Facebook timeline, all on my Twitter timeline, anybody that's from Dayton, Ohio right now is talking about cicadas. And that's the mimic is, is what makes me think, well, cicadas make me think of the mimic because the mimic is like this big ass bug that uh, kill people and take over their body and shit. Do you remember that one movie I told you about when we was talking about Samuel L. Jackson, right? Mm-hmm. And I told you that he had this beef with this guy and the guy had put him in the room with this girl and then he had ended up having sex with the girl and the girl was ended up being his daughter. Yeah. Remember I told you that shit? He was yeah. in that movie. It's called Old Boy. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Josh Brolin was in that too. Okay. Yeah, man, Yo. he been in some he been in some shit, man. I mean, Tommy Lee Jones, that he speak for himself. I mean, Woody Harrelson, come on, bro, he's that speak for himself too. Woody oh Harrison man, you know what? Hold up, hold up, hold up. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, but I I got the shit backwards. My fault. I'm sorry. Samuel Jackson was the guy that put him in the room, right? Yeah, to put him in yeah. the room, and he had sex with his daughter. My right. bad. Right. I right. I got it backwards. You know no, who his I, daughter? I knew I knew who I knew what you were talking about. And I you know who he know who played his daughter? <laughs> Elizabeth Olsen. Wow. And they end up working in Avengers together. That's crazy. Yeah, and you know something I didn't know. Do you learn something new every day? You know who the fucking director is on that shit, and I had no Ooh. fucking idea. Spike Lee. Oh, really? Yeah, I had no idea hmm. Spike Lee was the director. Yo, Spike, of that movie. Spike got some. He got some different movies, man. He he one of them dudes that you if you see it you'll be like, oh shit. Yeah. So yeah, Josh brother, man, he's doing his damn thing, man. Yeah, man. So um, coming soon, man. You know what I'm saying? Our next joint is uh it's an appreciation episode. Um you could you could say that she is the uh she she could fight for being the king of female uh actresses. True. Um I got ah oh, man, this this would give it away, man. Because there was one movie, I, I give one line to this movie. Mm-hmm. So this motherfucker said, "Yo," he said, because they was talking about, uh, they was talking <laughs> about God, mm-hmm. and um, and they said, uh, they said, "Yo," they was like, he said, "Man," he said, "He's like, if it wasn't no God, he said, why?" <laughs> he said, "Why are there stars in the galaxies and shit?" He yeah. was like, "And then, and then this person says, how y'all know God was a man? God could be a woman.' He was like, "Man, God can't be no bitch because God was a bitch." Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was like, 
And then she was like, why every time you speak about a woman, you got to call him a bitch? He said, because that's what y'all are. <laughs> hey, listen, if you don't know what he's talking about by now, then tune yeah. in. Yeah, that that if that didn't give it away, I don't know what did. I know, right? That was that was the one. But put it like this, man. Um, you can always find her, you know what I'm saying, at 227. Just know that. And... You know what I'm saying? She fucked over Chicago. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So and then know that. To the, she also moved to the boondocks. So um yeah, man, tune in for this next episode. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that was I we I think we did all right on that one. Oh yeah, yeah. These last but, these last few been kind of hard to kind of hard to follow up, but yeah, that one was yeah. a good one, man. Um yes, sir. <clears throat> yeah, so you know what I'm saying? I'm I'm excited to do this one because uh Yo, I had no idea that she, you know what I'm saying, was in it this long. Oh, yeah. She's been around for a long time. She's been doing this shit since she was 14, bro. It's crazy. Crazy. Wow. And viewers anonymous. 50 years old. Look. And we about to shit. We about to give her her flowers. You know what I'm saying? Yes, indeed. I I give her anything she wants. Just put it like that. I give her anything <laughs> she wants. She can have anything I got. That, that's a that's a woman. Uh, so yeah, y'all go y'all wait to the next episode, man. This is this is gonna be all praise. Um, but you know what I'm saying as usual. Thank you guys for tuning in and thank you guys for listening, man. We really we really really appreciate it. Um, the support that you guys have been showing us, man, is is amazing. Um, we listen. It's I go. I know he don't check the numbers, but I do. I, I make sure I go check them every now and then, and is it feels so good, man? Because one minute it'd be like twelve people listening, you know what I'm saying, here and there, and then like it'd just be one day where it'd be like 50, 60 people done listen to it or, or, you know what I'm saying? Y'all done played 50 to 60 times. So man, we, we really appreciate it. Um, we still kind of navigating how the analytics work. So it's, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's a weird dynamic that they have, <clears throat> but we're starting to see what some of the favorite episodes are. Outcry is still our top dog. Um, Allen versus Pharaoh is actually slowly but surely catching up. And then, you know what I'm saying, I think the third episode is like OJ Made in America, so they love when we do documentaries. Um, but they've really, been, they've really been messing with us, man. They've really been showing us the love. So, right. you know what I'm saying, we, we really appreciate it, guys. Uh, but you guys can follow me on Twitter at Scoots Bronson. You can follow me on Instagram, Scoots Bronson underscore TV. You can also follow me on YouTube at Scoots Bronson TV. Um, I don't know, man. We might have to. We might have to talk about bringing the um, videos back. Yeah, man. We might. We might have to. But um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, look, man. Y'all can follow me at uh, <clears throat> at Stop Foster Eight on Instagram and, and mm-hmm. Twitter. Stolen Time Pod on Facebook. No, mm-hmm. no, no. Stolen Time Pod on Instagram. Um, Stolen Time um, Podcast on Facebook. So uh, I appreciate everybody supporting me, yeah. man. Because. And also, man, before I get out of here, man, shouts up again to Uncle Washington. Love yep. that dude. Yep. And uh, it was great. Yeah, man. Like they say in Hollywood, that's a wrap. Cut.